It's Breakfast with Pat and Hills. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Wednesday morning. We're brought to you by Burbank Homes, the builder you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes and Hyundai. It's the all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line. 13 13 55 is our Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, or you can text us on 0467 736 736. Yes, what, What's your most vivid Vegas memory, Paddy? Golf. Yeah, whereabouts? Uh, a little a little course called Shadow Creek. Mm, where's that? Oh, Back in context, of the strip? Context of the strip, I have no idea. No, We, we had a limo take us there. But you had to drive a, a fair way? Oh, it's a little way out of town. Yeah, yeah. so it's not in, at in the those back days. Of, it was a private course, not at the back of the Wynn Resorts or whatever. No, it was, it was Steve Wynn's private course. It was oh, one of okay. Most, one got... of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Okay, what yeah. did you like most about it? Uh, the fact that uh, birdies, any birdies? A, a couple of prominent cricketers, myself and uh, the accountant, were one of only two groups on the golf course for the day. Ah, it's busy. I think the other one was a governor uh, of one of these states over east uh, with some clients. Did he stay out of your way? Yeah, we didn't really spot them. Yeah, yeah we, we it was just an amazing day. We we, we had a yeah you know, we had a, a great time. We really did have a great time. It's yeah it's it's not called Sin City and for did, nothing. Did you yeah you stayed on the strip? Yeah yeah. What hotel do you know? Well, Winds Hotel. Oh, you, it was yeah. Winds. I haven't. I don't think I've even set foot in there. Mm, we're set up by uh, a good friend of mine uh, who happened to have a fair stake in the uh, casino in Melbourne. And he mm-hmm. helped us out with a couple of contacts. And, yeah, we played this place called Shadow Creek. It was just amazing. And the boys went into the locker room. And, you know, Michael Jordan had a locker. Kerry Packer had a locker. It was surreal. <laughs> Can you get lost in wind? Oh, yes. I mean, these places are just <laughs> massive, absolutely massive. And the other thing is you walk through so much undercover area that is made to look like daylight. Mm. You know, you think you're wandering around the middle of the day and it's, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, light ceilings. Yeah. And, yeah, you're obviously not going to ask me about mine, so I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> getting lost, <laughs> my most vivid memories are getting lost 10 times. Every time I try to go to my room at MGM Grand, <laughs> I just, it's 5,000 rooms. Right. So oh, I'd, I'd get have to go a different way every time, but for, generally find it. It's a bit like Canberra. You can't get lost, but you might have to take a while. Um, so MGM, and of course, what's the? It's called Paris, isn't it? The the French casino with the Eiffel Tower outside. That, um, that's the one that's got the the nice, beautiful French skylines, yeah. sky tones on the roof, on the ceiling, and you think it's, you know, you always think it's about two p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, I know. There's no city like it. There's, it's just over the top. And everything that even this golf course, I think I think you know the general public can play it now, but it costs a lot of money to yes. get on. Yeah, um, okay. And I, that was the trip that I was with AB and Dino, Tatey uh, and uh, Jimmy Tate. Yeah, AB's best mate from Sydney. Oh, we had a ball, absolutely. And there's ball. the Venetian. Stayed in there because accommodation is not that expensive in Vegas, from my recollection. I've been there for a while now, but you know, maybe eight years. Uh, I remember we were paying $148 in a Venetian uh, yeah, okay. room. Good good room because there's that much accommodation. They can't be too expensive. So do they have car wash conventions there or yeah. you go a bit further? We off. stayed at the Venetian and then out the back of the strip is the convention centre. Mm-hmm. That's where the yeah. that's where the convention was. Okay. All right. Well, they're all headed there. We, we estimate that the Bronx will probably leave tomorrow our time to uh, get there three days out from the game, and that was always the plan. They'd stay in California, do their training there, 
And uh, as we said, Corey Oates has been left out of the Broncos round one lineup in favour of Dean Mariner. Corey Jensen gets the nod in the front row for an outstanding off-season. Fletcher Baker will make his debut off the bench. So some big news there as far as the Bronx go. Yeah, I think the chairman and maybe the high-level corporates arrived yesterday and got there, Chairman Carl. Um, so hopefully they have a great time and the Broncos do them proud. Yeah, and uh, they're all enjoying it. Jake Travojevic, uh, he was, he's already spoken to the media about, you know, what great fun this will be. It's a real cool life experience for us and that's what we're trying to take out of it. Obviously, we've got to knuckle down. We've got a lot to get out of it, but we want to come over here and enjoy it and treat it as a really cool life experience. Yeah, you can't play badly, eh? It's round one. Mm. And it's, it's, you know, you've got to separate a lot of this and, and looking at that Roosters team that the Bronx are up against, my goodness, we're going to have to be so good, so tight um, and yeah, don't, don't waste your first two points. Yeah, it was the right call to make it for premiership points. You didn't want to go over there and play, you know, kick and giggle matches, which they did with the State of Origin. Although it depends on what side of the tweed you are. Because New South Wales won it, they always regarded it as uh, that, that game that, oh, yeah, we won that, that levelled the series. Mm. Rubbish. Mm. Um, you asked Wally about that. He said, nah. He said, we're over there having a bit of fun. It was interrupted by 80 minutes of football against some Bob wearing yeah. blue jerseys. Yeah, no, I'm sure they've got some serious plans uh, coming up against the Roosters, but they're going to have to need to execute. One of the talking points, obviously, is Allegiant. The field there is is smaller, and uh, the, the Manly boys spoke about that. I know. At first, I was a bit worried. I was stepping it out and all that sort of stuff. But it was um, that no, was fine. Once it got going, once the session was on, it was fine. You know, um, there's a few adjustments, but uh, look, it's it's not too much of a, a change for us. Yeah. So that mm. was uh, Jake and Ruben Garrick commenting there. So yeah, it's what 68 down to 63 metres across. Um, they're the only team that, that is there, Manly, at the moment. The other three have trained away. Um, whether that's deliberate or not, um, I guess it is. Just keep them out of Vegas and make sure they're not there. For yeah, and, you know, too long in Vegas is too long. Mm. I'd say a few nights is plenty. And they'll do that after the match. But, you know, so, yep, I think they've done a good thing. And uh, with the training, uh, the Bronx have been in the hills. It's in a, the we're, we're the LA hills, yeah. which is quite exy. No, the Rams base. Corey was sort of saying that, yeah, yeah, they might have to f- fork out a bit of budget for that and uh, wherever they are putting their, their corporates and what have you. Um, so it's an expensive exercise not to be wasted. Yep, and uh, I suppose the other big new- news from this Broncos match is that uh, the Roosters have left Angus Crichton out of their starting, out of their 17. He's on the reserves bench. So Smith, White, Butcher and May, uh, they're four on the interchange bench. So, yeah, Angus Crichton who's Obviously, an elite. He's been left out of the uh, the uh, the seventeen for the match. And the bunnies are quite hampered by uh, some injuries. Yeah, they got they, a few out. They seem to be the most uh, underdone. Uh, with uh, Cody Walker's back, as you say, um, um, but uh, there's two backs. I've forgotten them. What's uh, who's the big tall fella? Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham's yeah, born. he's. Um, yeah, and so that, they've got it. Yeah, they have someone else got a couple out. Exactly right. Yeah, Luke Brooks and Nathan Brown get to play for the first time for Manly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty good. I like Luke Brooks. I reckon it's, he's, he's a good buy for them. And I hear Marty Tapao for us will play. I think he, I don't think he's been named, but you know, no, they, he's, they he's not of, in the seven eight. No, apparently he's got twenty two. But mark my words, he'll be <laughs> in the seventeen. So I don't, don't know how that happens.
No, you heard it from heels. No, I heard whether it. That's, uh, whether that's the case or not, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, as I said, we've got uh, Zorks coming up very, very shortly as the Lions prepare to play their first official trial match of the season. They've had a couple of intra-clubs out. I hit out against the Suns the other day, but they've got the Swans, and it's down at Blacktown, as Jack uh, told us. That match has been moved back to a little later on in the evening because it's so hot. They're, they're predicting temperatures down there at around 39 degrees. Um, they've got an extra couple of runners for water. They've got extra time for their quarter time and half time breaks. So they're trying desperately to mitigate any problems that may arise from the extreme heat. Jack has just walked into the studio. Uh, morning, Paddy and Heels again. I uh, just wanted to update on some FA Cup results. There's a whole host of matches going on in the fifth round this morning. Uh, Newcastle and Blackburn Rovers, they've gone to extra time. They're 105 minutes in. Uh, they're just about to go into the second period of extra time. They're nodded at one all. Obviously, Blackburn are a championship-level club and Newcastle flying high near the Premier League. So it's a great effort from Blackburn Rovers. Tommy Hackett's team. Yes. Uh, earlier... Uh, earlier this morning, Erling Haaland scored five goals for Manchester five. We City. We had four against uh, Luton. Actually, is that a that's a triple hat trick? Is triple hat trick? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, to score five goals is an incredible effort. That's almost Archie Thompson levels of uh, goal scoring ability. <laughs> have you have you heard of a triple hat trick in football? Is that a thing in football? In cricket, well, that would be a triple hat trick. Well, I can. I've never heard the term triple hat trick no. used in football, and I can only. Um, I know that once Archie Thompson scored five goals in an A-League grand final for Melbourne Victory, like in the early days of the A-League, and that's mm. that's about the only time I can remember someone scoring five goals in a match weren't or they, like a FA Cup match or a Premier League match. Weren't they bagging Harlan for being off his game recently? Being, being out of form yeah. when he's still one of the... <laughs> he hadn't scored for a week. I checked that up. I checked that up. It was like he hadn't scored since the 18th of February and I looked at the date. It's the 23rd. <laughs> Call security. <laughs> Getting held to some extremely high standards early, Harlan, but that's an exceptional effort. So in the end, Man City beat uh, Luton Town 6 Two uh, there at Kenilworth Road, Luton's tiny little stadium. Uh, Coventry have also made it through to the sixth round of the FA Cup with a win over the uh, non-league Maidstone United. So Maidstone United were the uh, Cinderella story of the FA Cup so far. They come from uh, the uh, non-league conferences, <laughs> made it all the way through, um, knocked out a championship-level club, but uh, their journey ends in a 5-0 defeat. And tomorrow we've got the... Uh, a couple of big games with Chelsea taking on Leeds United in the fifth round and Manchester United versus Notting, uh, Nottingham Forest and all those matches are live and free on Channel 10 and Paramount Plus and uh, also the Matildas tonight. Yep. Wednesday, uh, Marvel Stadium, going to be huge. Um, 3-0 up already against Uzbekistan. Park the bus, Tony. Park the no. bus and play for a nil-all draw. Good on you, Jack. Yes, that's what we like to see. It's 9 nil. <laughs> Let's have a catch-up with our favourite Brisbane Lion, Dane Zorko. Zorks, a very good morning to you. Good morning, man. How are we? Oh, very well, very well, thank you. Um, now, what's happening? Are you playing this weekend or this Thursday for a start? I mean, it's 39 degrees down there, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hot, but we're used to those conditions. That's um, true. No, it'll, it'll be all right. I think it's a smart decision anyway, I think, um, you know, playing in that sort of heat. 
well, 42, 43 degrees. Might even be hotter out of Blacktown. Um, yeah, I think it's a wise decision by the AFL to move it, give us every chance to get ourselves recovered and ready for, for round zero uh, next week. So what does Fags want out of these matches? I know they're, they're now termed an official trial. What is you know what what do the coaching panel want out of this? Oh, I mean, you, you implement new stuff over the summer that you want to see how it all um, unfolds against you know quality opposition, and um, you know we had only a couple of intra club matches this year, which is rare in, in the past. We've probably had four or five. We've only done the two. Uh, we had a really good hit against Gold Coast last week, where we trialed a few things and, and things seemed to work pretty well, and, and we get another opportunity to do that. Um, tomorrow against Sydney. So um, there's still a lot of connection um, pieces that have still got to come together. Uh, there's a few little things that we're trying with um, with not so much a new system, but definitely um, tactics that we that we might have to implement throughout games that we might show here, here and there in these matches. And I think it's still an opportunity for, for blokes to push their case for selection for round one. Um, you know, we have got a few injuries at the moment. Obviously, Connor's got a little bit of a hamstring. Whether or not he's going to be ready next week, not sure. So there's still spots up for grabs. And uh, what we saw last week was um, some of our emerging players coming through in James Tunstall and Harry Sharp and the like, you know, really pressing their case of selection for round one and make Fages' headache uh, for picking the side even harder. So, um, yeah, there's, there's still plenty, plenty to, to do and um, plenty to still unfold. But... It's a great opportunity for, for everyone to, to press their case for selection. You sound very confident with it, Zorks, and thanks for being with us this morning, mate. Um, uh, if you weren't confident in those sort of structural and cohesive changes, would it be would it be starting to get a, a little bit ang- anxious in a footy club? Uh, yeah, well, potentially, but, I mean, we have practised a lot of our stuff throughout the whole of the summer. So, um, yes, it, we might not have implemented it under full game conditions yet, but mm-hmm. it'll certainly that'll certainly, once again, get its opportunities tomorrow and um, we'll keep practising it, no doubt about it. Uh, that's what this time of year is for. So, um, although round zero is only a couple of weeks away, we're still, I think yesterday was, was a really good solid hit out. We, we had another look at a few things. So, um, things are always going to be fine-tuned. You, you just can't... Um, you just can't be flat-footed in this competition because something will always come up and you've got to keep moving with the times. And um, we're certainly, uh, we understand that's what we need to keep doing and we'll keep evolving our game as, as the season um, progresses. It's like golf by the sound of it. Something's always not perfect. <laughs> why, why, did you, why did you look at me when you asked that question? Because yeah. <laughs> the list is long there. Um, uh, have you got some new staff, Zorks? Talk us through what you got. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, we've got uh, Daniel Lloyd, who's come from the GWS Giants. Mm-hmm. Who's, um, he's come in and helped with our uh, VFL team and, and a development coach, and he's, you know, fitted in uh, unbelievably well. Um, Dale Morris, he obviously came to our club last year as a similar role as what Daniel Lloyd's in now, but he's actually been promoted to um, the backline coach, which, you know, he was such an integral part of the Western Bulldogs' defence for a number of years. His experience and knowledge down in that uh, back half has been incredible for the likes of Harris Andrews and Ryan Lester and yeah. and, and Jack Payne and the like. So he's been uh, he's fit into that role really really well. And um, you know the rest of the coaches have uh, have all picked up the slack in the in the in the stoppage department and, and, and sharing their ideas. We obviously let um, Mark Stone go uh, late last year, who was sort of our offense and defense um, coach. Um, 
So the, the rest of the coaching staff has picked up the pieces in that department. But um, yeah, Daniel Lloyd and, and Dale Morris have been great acquisitions for us and, um, you know, have fit in seamlessly really into, into into our system, into our culture. And um, I think they're loving their time here. All right. Well, let me ask the obvious question. We uh, I asked Fags at the launch, uh, Darcy Gardner, and he said, well, why don't you, we were, uh, had him on the show. I said, ask him about him moving forward. And I said, well, will he stay there? And Fags just raised his eyebrows. So where are we at with the, with the Darcy Gardner experiment? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, well, he was in the forward line meeting yesterday. So <laughs> oh, there we go. He's trained all preseason as a forward, um, and it's well, been well documented that he's made that change down there, and he's done a really good job. Um, I think one thing is, as a backman, you understand the positioning of forwards and alike, so he's actually fitted into the role really well, and what he has got is that really defensive element to his game. Yeah. Um, he tackles, he pressures. Uh, the amount of times against the Gold Coast the other night where he, where he got a hand in, he made a smother, um, just was able to use his body like he would as a defender if he's playing from behind and, and, and really take a sturdy position from that. So um, it's a really smart move by the coaching staff. I'm not sure who exactly made that choice. I think they'll all put their hand up and say it's their idea. But <laughs> at the moment, um, there's great flexibility in his game to now be able to play forward and to play um, defense. He's learned all our systems, all our structures in that forward line, and he's fit in really, really well. So... Um, no doubt he'll get another opportunity there uh, tomorrow night against Sydney and, and be able to showcase what he's learnt and what, he's, what he can put into action um, going forward. And what about the update on Tom Duday? Yeah, going well. Yeah, he uh, main trained um, yesterday, did, I think, apart from a few contact um, drills, he was, yeah, it was in all our skill element-based drills. I mean, it was a very hot day uh, out at Springfield yesterday, and he was there for, I reckon, at least 45 minutes to an hour after training, still running laps, getting his fitness levels up. So, um, yeah, look, he's doing everything possible to make sure that his return date is, is smack bang on, um, whenever that may be. But, uh, yeah, we know he's he's going to be a class player, and already what we've seen from him in just training-based stuff, it's um, it's been pretty phenomenal. So, uh, when he's fit and ready to go, it's going to be another tight selection um, issue mm. for Fags, but you'd rather, ha- you'd rather have that than not. Then now, you keep uh, giving it to Fags and his selection issues. Is he sole selector? How does a footy team pick their squad? <laughs> yeah, I reckon they sit around a big table, heels, and they just, uh, I imagine they just spitball names and, and they uh, they come up with an answer. Uh, it's certainly not just one person's decision. Um, obviously, the, the, all the coaches would have their input of what they've seen and and what they think is the best look for the team going forward. So, um, yeah, it certainly just wouldn't be um, solely reliable on phase there. But, you know, as a head coach, it probably falls under his hat, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, everyone... One thing Fags has really done is given everyone the opportunity, our football club, to have a voice and to have a say. And um, no opinion or, uh, you know, conversation, you know, is, is worthless. Everything has, um, has weight, and um, I think that's a really uh, healthy healthy thing that we've been able to do under him for a number of years. Yeah. Everyone has a choice. Um, everyone has a voice and um, everyone's heard, which I think is great. Yeah. No, very good, mate. And there were reports that Lockie Neal and Jared Berry might be right for the Swans. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I'm not sure what Locke's um, injury update is, but um, we'll certainly we'll, we'll find out tomorrow night, won't we, when we run out. Um, <laughs> but they'll... I think the whole club's coming down to Sydney, given that both the VFL and the AFL are playing, um, you know, tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. So um, I would hopefully, from what I saw at training yesterday, they both look like they're in really good condition and, and, and are right to play. 
Um, Jared's obviously coming back from uh, that shoulder issue that he had um, in, in the off-season surgery. So he's just been unable to have contact for um, the last few weeks. But he looked, you know, he, he was laying tackles yesterday. So hopefully that's all ticked off. And then um, Locke, very similar. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, they both can uh, pull on the Lions jersey tomorrow night. And, and I'm hoping they will. Hey, Zorks, what do you take out of, out of the Suns when I know at the end of, what, six periods or something, it was tight on the scoreboard, but really the, the early exchanges you guys dominated, I mean, was it, a, was it a, a true judge, do you think? It was pretty difficult conditions, Paddy, to be honest. It was hot. It was slippery. Um, I think when any new coach comes in, there's going to be, um, you know, and a new system's undertaken, it's always going to take a few games to get, yeah. you know, get that system right. And there were certainly elements into their game that opened us up and um, we reviewed them pretty, pretty toughly because it happened just way too easily. So the blueprint's definitely there. We understand they've got the personnel. I mean, their, their list is just absolutely stacked full of talent um, and really good talent at that. So, you know, there was guys trialing new positions there the other night as well that had their first look at, at halfback. I think Alex Sexton played down halfback. Dustin McPherson went back forward as well. So there's still a few little, um, you know, positional changes there that they're sorting out. But I think overall, everything's there for them to um, have a really good year. And um, Yeah, you know, we played some good football on the weekend. They played some good football on the weekend um, as well. But, um, yeah, I think under any new coach and any new system, there's always going to be, you know, a few weeks there where where you're sorting out what it it exactly looks like and... um, it, that was their first look at AFL opposition as well on on, on Thursday afternoon last week. So hey, um, certainly certainly nothing to worry about yeah. yet. All right. Hey, can I just quickly wrap it up? Uh, your thoughts? We know Sam Powell Pepper is going to front the tribunal shortly, I think, after this hit on Adelaide's Mark Keane. Um, this is the tough new stance on high bumps. We've had Wally on this morning talking about concussions, et cetera. Um, what, what's the thoughts? Your, what's your thoughts about this crackdown, the continuing crackdown on high shots? Yeah, well, I think it's really important that we as protect, uh, we as players um, certainly got to protect the, the head better than, than what we're doing at the moment. Um, you know, we're seeing so many um, issues with concussion. I mean, we saw Brayshaw just the other week retire due to concussion. So I think as yeah. players, we need to be extremely diligent when we're choosing to bump or tackle, you know, stay below the shoulders as best you possibly can. I understand there's going to be accidents, but... It's certainly on the on the on the player now laying the bump or tackle. Um, just stay away from the head, and uh, we don't want to see any more players forced into retirement due to concussions. And um, you know, I certainly feel for every, both teams involved in in, in what happened um, in the practice match between Port and Adelaide. But it just goes back. You got to be very very careful these days and um, protect the head at all costs. As usual, well said, Zorks. Really appreciate your time. Best of luck tomorrow night. We're looking forward to a big season from the Lions. Good luck, Zorks. Hey. Coming up to 8.34 here on this Wednesday morning, it's Breakfast with Patton Hills. We're brought to you by Burbank Homes, the building you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes. Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line. And, of course, our Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is 13 13 55. Or you can text us on 0467 736 736. So you've had your, your say, Sam Powell Pepper, uh, very shortly, actually. I think it's about 10 o'clock on... Uh, yeah. Uh, Melbourne time is going to front the tribunal on this hit on Mark Keane. AFL are wanting four matches or more, so he's referred straight to the tribunal. Yes. Um, this could draw a very, very early line in the sand about high contact heels. Oh, definitely. Uh, and the careless nature of anything, the, the gradings of these of these connections and collisions, I, I think he's dead stiff. 
I reckon he maybe I was going to ask Sorks, but we ran out of time. To, did he run in too fast and get too close to that tackle, mm. which then got swung around to, on him? Yeah, well, only look. I've only just looked at it a couple of times. It looks to be the shoulder <laughs> to the head. Yeah, uh, I'd say I, I, my first thoughts was head to the shoulder, mm. and because he's getting swung around in that tackle, um, did he try to tackle him? Do you reckon? Well, he was, he was trying to smack him. Yeah, he was trying to smash him as hard as he could. Yeah, I yeah. don't think so. I think he's standing uh, more stationary than that. He'd, but he'd run in aggressively and got too close to it. Oh, the uh, tribunal will go through that chapter and verse this morning. You, you can bet on that, but we know that the AFL are looking at four weeks or more. And as I said, that could be a major line in the sand as far as the AFL and high contact goes. And the, it's obviously in the news after Wally appeared yesterday at Parliament House uh, as far as... Dementia, Sivo, Mike Sivo, he's gone for three, probably three. two. Yeah, he's cop three. Yeah, have we got uh, Chris on the line uh, from Rose Bay? Chris, are you there? Yeah, yeah. How you going, Rose? Good. So um, Rose um, Bay, what, in Sydney or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. This thing on the app. I, I wanted to speak to a wicketkeeper. Uh-huh. Um, well, we've got one here. <laughs> yeah. Well, two things. Just quickly on Ben Stokes. I heard you, Heels, talking about that wicket, and they were two pretty lousy balls, but he was nowhere near them. And if you look at Ben Stokes now, I don't know if he's ever going to bowl again in test cricket, so he's considered an all-rounder who doesn't bowl. And if you look at his batting average, he's played 101 tests and his average is 35 with the bat. Um, it's just interesting that he's got this aura about him, yes. and I know that he's a good, good captain. But if you just look at his raw stats, he's not going to bowl anymore. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like Brearley in the old days. I mean, 35 doesn't really justify, after 101 tests, it doesn't really justify a place in the team, does it? No, maybe not. But, um, you know, once you've t- taken the ball off him, he's got an all-rounder's batting uh, average and but amazingly impactful when they needed it. And he's made some of the un- most unbelievable hundreds when they've been six for not many. And, and yeah. we, you know, of course we see, we've seen the mo- the best of him as Australians at, that uh, Headingley not That's for right. a start. But, but so he can do it. And he's, he's been taking his time at the start of his innings. Hey, he's one player that is not playing baseball at all. He, he is working his way into his innings better than all of them. And this particular time in India, he, he got out to two grubs. But no, I, I think he could he could pick his average up a bit, but uh, he's he's got to get those others going a bit better too. Yeah, but Chris, yeah. We, we were also hearing. Remember, we we said on the show before that there was there was talk that he would bowl. He bowled in that fourth test. Yeah, so I, I th- yeah. I th- well, he had the he, ball in his hand. He sort of throat. Yeah, but you know, he sort of. I think his bowling days are almost behind him, a bit like Watto, you know, Shane Watson, where he was an all-rounder who didn't bowl and Ben Stokes is sort of becoming the same. Yeah, good call. I'm wicket-keeping wicket now. I heard nearly the other day talking about folks being the best keeper to spin he's ever seen. Um I heard Donny a few years ago talking about how he always wanted to keep like Watling, who he considered the best keeper he'd ever seen. All right. Um um, I just want to ask you from a wicketkeeper's perspective, how do you look at wicketkeepers? What impresses you most about it? Say the young guy, Gerald from India, who you said beautifully, and he did. 
Um, you've only seen him once, I know, in a test match. But what do you look for in terms of a wicketkeeper and how do you rate wicketkeepers from a test wicketkeeper's perspective? What are you looking at? Yeah, um, big question. Um, I'm looking for the keeper to be in a really strong position at the right body height when the ball gets hit. You know, so he's, he hasn't got to catch the ball, but he would have caught it. That's what I look for, their body position when a shot has been played when you're keeping up to the stumps. And then when you're keeping back to the quick bowlers, you know, a nice fluency about your movement, uh, whether you get outside the line of the ball and you take it on your inside hip or whether you do what the Englishmen do, take it in front of their body. Just a nice fluency so that when, when you are needed to dive, you're, you're in a great, um, you know, um, rhythm to make a good dive and, and get in front of first slip if one's not carrying to first slip. So they're the things that I look at. And for Jarrell and folks to come back into that English side time and time again and look so natural, um, both of them um, have been excellent. For Jarrell to be brand new and to be so relaxed when balls are shooting low, balls are bouncing high unusually and spinning a lot at times, uh, both of them handled some incredible... Uh, catches from from deliveries and and stops and oh look when that match was getting tight the other day Ben folks could have let four buys through a couple of times but he he had some magnificent takes down the leg side so yeah really really good to watch that all right Chris mate really appreciate your call today but I had a look Hills uh, no he didn't bowl Stokes. Ah, uh, uh, they were talking him up that he was about yeah. to yeah. and uh, mustn't have gone through with it and I, I might have got out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's 8 4 Breakfast with Patton Hills and it's powered by Kubota. You can take on any job with Kubota's mowers, their tractors and their land pride attachments. Let's get a Ladbrokes market update now. You can chat with industry racing experts in Ladbrokes communities. Download the app today. Tommy Hackett, a very good morning to you. Good morning, boys. So, now, Matilda's Uzbekistan, I don't know what uh, you're betting, you're about to tell us that, but Jack is very, very keen on a nil-all draw tonight. That's the way he'd like it played. Yeah, nil-all draw is an interesting option there. I I think it's not a bad betting place because we do know that that a draw will be enough to see the Matilda's through, and you're getting pretty good value for the nil-all draw. A nil-all draw is now, just going to scroll down here, $61. So, uh, Jack, if you get that one home... uh, that's a, a pretty great result. But Australia, they're basically unbackable favourites here. They're a dollar one. The draw sixteen dollars. Uzbekistan are fifty one dollars. Australia four nil is five seventy five. That's the shortest price uh, in terms of the correct score market. Uh, it's expected to be a, a genuine walk in the park for the Matildas, and uh, we'll go into Paris twenty twenty four with a. Uh, some real degree of confidence that we can get that medal that we are so desperately uh, would love to see the Matildas win. Oh, you beauty. And the NBL starting to hot up. It is. Uh, we're into the play-ins now. The play-in, uh, two play-in games this afternoon. Unfortunately, we know the Bullets narrowly missed out. But two really interesting games here this afternoon. The first is the Jack Jumpers against the Illawarra Hawks. Jack Jumpers are $1.44, the Hawks $2.60. I think the Jack Jumpers should have far too much quality. They went into the uh, the uh, end of the regular season with four straight victories, and I think they'll be too good for the Hawks. I like the Jack Jumpers to cover the line there, giving away a four-and-a-half-point start. The second game, the Sydney Kings against the New Zealand Breakers. So the winner of the Jack Jumpers-Hawks game goes straight into the playoffs. The winner of this game, the Kings and, and the Breakers, will play the loser of the other game. And it's the, the Kings that are the favourites here. They're $1.53. 
the breakers, two dollars forty-five. I guess game might be a little bit closer than the market suggests. The breakers uh, are capable of uh, a big effort on their day, so I like the breakers with the start of four and a half points to cover the line there. Okay, now interestingly, uh, there was some talk that uh, they might try and lure the shark to Vegas for the footy this weekend, but. Uh, he will be in Saudi Arabia because uh, the live golf circuit resumes there. It does, Saudi Arabia, the spirit, spiritual home of live golf, and it's a, a star-studded affair. Uh, all the big guns will be in action. John Rahm is the favourite. He's $6.50. Been good support for Dustin Johnson. He's into $9.50 now and has been the, the best back with the Ladbrokes punches. Brooks Kepka's $11. Bryson DeChambeau's there at $15. And Cameron Smith, you're getting a juicy $21 there. So that's pretty good value for, uh, for for Cam Smith. Uh, few of the other Aussies, Lucas Herbert is $41 there. Mark Mark Leishman, $67. So it should be a really interesting tournament. And I don't mind Cam Smith there at the $21. I think yes. he'll play well. Yes. DeChambeau, what's he done to sort of warrant to be ahead of Smith? Well, I think this course, they think it will suit the long drivers. I think that's why DeChambeau's probably a bit shorter than he has been in, in recent tournaments. But I still think $21 for Smith does seem a little bit over the odds. We know when he's on, he's right up there with the very best players on the lift tour and the very best players in the world. Yeah, they're well rested. They've had a couple of weeks off, so they'll be ready to go. There's been plenty of focus on the PGA Tour with their, their big one at Riviera, etc. So, uh, yeah, they'll be looking to make uh, a statement as well. And as you said, it is their spiritual home. All right, Tommy, uh, we've got lots more to talk about. We'll do that as the week. Hey, just a very quick one here, and I know I, I hate to throw you under the bus, but I do it occasionally. Just see Sam Friedman quoted, uh, without a fight would be a worthy winner of Australia's Horse of the Year. He said, you don't get a Caulfield and Melbourne Cup winner every year. Uh, what do you, I mean, I, I, we've got plenty of candidates, including the the, 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 the sprinters, et cetera, but, yeah, I mean, without a fight's got to be right there in the conversation, isn't it? No, I completely agree. I think without a fight does belong in that conversation. Uh, was outstanding to win a Caulfield Cup and then to back it up with that win in the Melbourne Cup. And he did it carrying big weights as well. It's not like he was a horse that was thrown in at the weights. He was carrying close to top weight there. And it was a really high-rated performance to win both those races. So I think without a fight uh, deserves to be right in that conversation. Uh, obviously, you've got the Kiwi factor with Imperatrice, who's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, think about it, who was uh, won the Everest. Like, we had a, a lot of good horses this year, but I think without a fight, he's in there for a, with a, a really good chance. Because as you said, 2001 was the last time a horse had won the Corfin Cup, Melbourne Cup double. So I think that's something that should be recognised. Yep, I agree. Thank you, Tommy. Cheers, Tommy. Thanks, boys. Launch your punting plan with the Ladbrokes app. Take on the fun and download the Ladbrokes app today. Ladbroken. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.